You know what it is. That's right. It's time to talk money with your money nerd and financial coach. Now, tighten those purse strings and open those ears. It's the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. Hey, everyone. I am so excited because I have Angel Salucci on the line. Now, I reached out to Angel a long, long time ago, and we finally are able to record today. And we're here to talk to you about abuse versus fraud and then also her Dove framework. So thank you so much, Angel, for coming on the show today. Of course. I'm so excited to finally chat with you. (laughs) Yes. And I know this episode's going to be good because we ran into so many issues just to get here. Um, So let's just go ahead and hop right in. So when we're looking at fraud versus abuse, what are the key differences or what are some things that we should be looking for? Well, I think, and that's why I wanted to share that with your audience. I think it's important that we know the difference between those two because both of them happen every single day. And the way you handle it is based upon what it is. So for example, abuse is any time a provider or a hospital system Um, charges more than they should for a service. So for example, and it doesn't matter who's paying for that service. It could be an insurance carrier. It could be a patient. It could be a self-pay patient. It could be anybody. But so for example, Mm -hmm. if you are ever admitted into the hospital, you would see on your itemized bill, a charge for roughly $20 for a mucus recovery system. Now that sounds fancy and they make these things sound fancy, but really it's a box of tissues that they're charging you Stop. 20 bucks for. Right. <laughs> now, it's not considered fraud because you did get the tissues, but what they charged you for it, that is considered abuse. And hospitals are notorious for raising their prices between 400 and 500%. Like, who else does wow. that in any other industry? I have no idea. And then fraud, on the other hand, is knowingly and intentionally trying to get paid for something that they have no right to. So it could be um, ordering a medically unnecessary treatment. It could be uh, billing you for something that you did not receive, or it could be billing you for more items than what you actually received. And the three most common types of billing errors. Now, this is where consumers come in. The three most common types of billing errors that we see that are reflective of the billing fraud are, again, billing for services we didn't receive. And this actually happened to my mom. She got a bill for $500. And, you know, she has Medicare, first of all, so she didn't pay much attention to it. And then a few weeks later, she went back and looked and she wasn't even in the state on that date of service. She was at her house in Florida and they billed her for an office visit in Pennsylvania at the time. And um, that's actually considered fraud. They billed her for a service that she did not receive. The second type of billing errors is considered, or it could be fraud. I tell everybody, just assume it's human errors because we know human errors happen, but a lot of times, most times it's fraud. Um, And because they don't think we're reading our medical bills. And uh, double billing means being billed for more services than you actually received. And it could be one, it could be 10. And when we were reviewing the bills for one of our clients, he saw that um, on his bills, he was billed as having six IVs, but he had a same day procedure done and he only had one IV. What? Right. Wow. So could it be simple human error? Who knows? Or could it be intentional fraud? who knows? We go in saying, hey, you know, there was a mistake here, that kind of thing. You always want to go in kindly and assume error first before fraud. 
And then the third most common type of billing errors that we see is upcoding. And upcoding is when they bill you for something that is at a higher acuity level or delivery level than what you actually received. And that means more expensive. And this actually happened to my daughter recently. She was needing her wisdom teeth taken out. And when she got her bill, she saw that she was billed as having an anesthesiologist give her her anesthesia. When in reality, her oral surgeon gave it to her. Mm -hmm. So how did she know that? She read her bill. Now, just not a regular bill because we all know they're very, very vague. So you want to request an itemized bill, which lists out item by item, line by line, everything that you receive. And she saw on there that they had billed her as having an, an anesthesiologist give it to her. When before her procedure, she signed a consent form giving her oral surgeon permission to give her the anesthesia. Now, anytime we have a procedure done, a scheduled one, clearly if you're running in for an emergency, you know, you're not thinking like this and you don't have time for this, but if you're having a procedure, a scheduled procedure done, whoever is going to be in that OR with you has to come in and introduce themselves and tell them that they too will be in the OR with you providing a service. Mm. And most people don't know that. And at no point in time did anybody come in and tell her that. So she called the office and informed them of their error and asked them to look into it, which they did. Tip, her bill was reduced from $2,400 down to $400. (gasps) Yes. What? (laughs) Because an anesthesiologist is a heck of a lot more expensive than an oral surgeon is, and that's called upcoding. And the only way we'll see if we are being billed for something we didn't get, if we are being double billed, or if we are being um, having upcoding committed to us, we need to be requesting itemized bills and reviewing every single item line by line. Now, if we only have like you went in for, I don't know, something simple and it's only like a $50 bill, which I don't even know if those things exist anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but if you have a substantial bill, it is your right to request an itemized bill so that you can go through everything line by line. We do that with the, you know, I always tell people tip when we um, go to the grocery store for like Thanksgiving dinner and you get that long grocery store list, we go through line by line by line by line, right? Mm -hmm. Well, we should be doing that with our hospital bills as well, even more so. Oh my gosh. Like I wish you all could see my face. (laughs) I am in such shock at all of these stories. And it it sounds like you had a story for like everyone around you. So it sounds like this is really common. It is so common. And um, what people don't realize, and I didn't realize, now mind you, I've been in healthcare my entire life as a nurse and an NP. And I didn't realize this until about eight years ago, um, I acquired a medical fraud investigation company. And I didn't even know those things existed. Mm -hmm. And we were investigating for insurance billing fraud for insurance carriers. And when I looked back over our data, I had the company for eight years and the woman before me had it for 20 years. We looked back over 28 years worth of data and we were like, holy crap, we've saved the insurance carriers millions, millions of dollars. And yet our premiums, our out-of-pocket expenses, and our deductibles are still going higher and higher, even though we're saving them like over $30 million. And also it showed us that 93% of the medical bills we reviewed for them contained errors and or fraud. Nine out of 10. 
Wow. Wow. Okay. So my brain is like still wrapping around (laughs) this and I'm still in shock, but here's the question. So as consumers, so as people that um, utilize these services, if we don't catch it on our side and let's say the insurance company, you know, they go ahead and bill it, what have you, um, the insurance company is trying to make sure that they catch it on their side, but that doesn't mean that the savings trickle to you. Exactly. Mm. Right. Them checking it is saving their butts money. And that does not have any impact on us. We're still paying ahead of time. When has anybody ha- ever had an insurance company say, you know what? The hospital rebuilt you. We caught it. And here's your money back. Yeah, that don't happen. Wow. Wow. Okay. So <laughs> everyone listening, you need to be checking your medical bills. So that way you can save the money and not the insurance company because they're going to check it anyway. Um, so that is cr- like, mind blowing to know. Um, But with that being said, and thank you so much for going over fraud and abuse and the different types of fraud um, we may encounter. What are some things like, what is this Dove framework that you refer to? Because I'm like, after hearing this information, I'm like, I need solutions now. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So um, the Dove framework came about because I just took our system that we were using to review bills for the insurance carriers. And I made it so that it was so simple that my 93-year-old aunt could review her medical bills by utilizing this framework. So it's called the Dove Framework because the framework, which I'm about to give you right now, is going to help us to think differently every single time we enter into a medical facility. And then it also has a Dove system, which is kind of like a, I say it's like the GPS or the map, which are now dated, (laughs) but having a map in your hand, that's the physical tool to help you do this. So this Dove system is what we have been using for over 28 years to help insurance carriers save money on their medical bills. And I wanted to create something that could be beneficial to anybody and everybody in the United States, because we have millions of people who don't even have health insurance. This is important for them as well. And if you have health insurance, whether you're paying for it or your employer's paying for it, Um, we are the gatekeepers. We are the gatekeepers, not to save necessarily to save our insurance company's money, but so that we can save money on our medical bills and we can have financial peace of mind knowing that even if the bill was $2,000, we reviewed it and we made sure that there's no errors in it. Um, Or if the bill's $10,000 and we find errors and then we negotiate it down to $2,000, whatever it is, at least it gives us control. It gives us autonomy and power with our medical bills. And I firmly believe that we are the ones who should be in control of our healthcare system because it's our money and it's our bodies. I always say it's our health and it's our wealth. So we should be the ones in control of that. So the Dove system, the Dove framework is what helps us to do that. And it's four very, very simple steps. So the first step is to document. Anytime you enter in to a medical facility, whether it's for a scheduled or an emergency event, we need to be documenting everything that occurs from the moment we step foot into that building until the moment that bill has been paid in full. And the reason for that is because if we go see our providers in, let's say, January, and then we don't start getting bills until August or September, which it could take up to a year to get your bills from it, 
then are you really going to remember every single detail that occurred nine months ago? Right? Like we don't have that kind of capacity to remember every single solitary thing, which is why we need to begin documenting every single thing that occurred. This way, when the bills come in, we will be able to um, confirm if they're accurate or not. So does that first step make sense? Yes, yes. Document. So if somebody's listening and they're like, well, how would I have time to document if I'm like laying on the procedure bed you know, <laughs> um, or, you know, I'm already under anesthesia or what have you, you know, what are some tips that you have? Like, should we be using pen and paper or our cell phones? Like, how would you recommend that we document these things while we're getting services? Tiff, I love that you asked that question. <laughs> so um, the framework is just being aware that you need to be documenting. But in the system, there's actually a small little, um, it's called a medical appointment journal. And you take that with you to every mm. single visit. And on there, it's listed who was the provider you saw, how much time did they spend with you? Um, what was their diagnosis? Uh, what treatment did they do for you? What follow-up care do you need to have? What did you pay as a copay that day when you were in the office? And then also, um, uh, oh, um, what CPT and ICD-10 codes did they use? Because you have the right to ask all that stuff. This way, when your bill comes in, let's say that um, you made an appointment to see the physician, but then when you got there, you saw the physician's assistant. But then when you get the bill, you see that they're billing you as seeing the physician. Well, that's called upcoding. Mm. And you wouldn't remember that or know that unless you documenting it. So yes, I tell people use the little medical appointment journal that comes with the Dove system. But if you are a techie, then yeah, have your cell phone with you, unless this is an emergency event. If it is an emergency event, I always tell everybody, don't ever go into the hospital without somebody there to A, support you, and also B, to document and to just be aware of everything that's going on. Now, here's the thing. If you're just flustered and you've got kids with you and you just you can't think enough to write, Later on in the day, when you get home, have yourself a cup of tea and write down everything that you recall. Trust me, your memory's better that night than it will be nine months from now. And you could write it in your, you could type it in your phone, or you could write it in a little notebook, whatever you'd like, or on your calendar, whatever you would like, just so you are documenting what transpired that day. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. So document is for the D. And if you all, I know she put some acronyms out there. Um, CPT codes was we went over it in another episode. So make sure you go back and check that out. And I'll make sure to link it in the show notes. Just wanted to add that. Um, so now that we have D, what is the O? So O stands for organized. And um, this one is important because, um, you know, I don't know how many of your listeners are like me, but anytime I get um, a bill or a paper or anything like that, I just kind of throw it in the pile and I'll deal with it later. Um, or I'll write something down so I can remember something later, but then I can't remember where I put the paper. <laughs> um, so the idea of organizing is having one location for all of your medical related information only. And if you want to break it down further, you can have a section for your notes from your visits and then a section for your medical bills. Now, it could be a binder like the Dove system. It could be an accordion folder, or depending on your situation, it could be a small filing cabinet. And it's especially important to be organized. Yes, even if you're uh, a solo single person, but if you have children, if you're caring for a partner, if you're caring for elderly people, el elderly parents, anything like that, we need to have a, an organized way of keeping all of our medical billing related information in one space. And 
we all know who is who is the woman that does the feng shui and get rid of things that cause clutter because clutter makes us Marie Kondo. Right. Marie Kondo. This is your yes, Marie Kondo yes. part <laughs> to be organized. And that just that also gives you peace of mind knowing that, OK, it's right there. And because it's documented from step one, everything's there. I'm good. And it, that just gives you a sense of order. So that's why organized is the second step. Yes. And organizing is so important because, you know, how many times have you gotten like your medical bill or whatever in the mail and it just gets tossed or just stashed away somewhere? You really don't know where it is. Um, so I definitely resonate with that O part. Um, now let's go to the V. What is the V for? So V stands for verify and this is what we actually did for the insurance carriers. And we, at the time when we were working with them, we would look at medical bills and I mean, medical bills and looking at what the providers had documenting. But what we're going to do as the consumers of healthcare is we're going to be looking at our medical bills and then verifying it against what we had documented back in step one. Mm. And the reason we want to do this is, I, you know, I know that there's a, a saying that says that we are innocent until proven guilty. Well, I look at every single medical bill as guilty until I prove it as being innocent and accurate. And we do that by verifying. And how do you do that? Well, you want to look for one of the three most common types of billing errors. You're going to see, was I double billed for anything? Was I charged for something I didn't receive? Was I billed for something at a higher acuity level than what I actually received? And then you're also going to verify it to what you had documented back in step one. So our first thought should never be, oh my gosh, you know, you open up a bill. It should never be, how am I going to pay for this? Our first thought should be, back up, is everything correct? And at that point, then we go to our fourth step, which is engage. So once you've verified, so you've documented everything in step one, everything is organized. Now you're going to verify everything. Now, when do you want to do the verifying? You don't do this the day after you get a bill. If you have insurance, what you want to do is you want to wait for your EOB to come in and your EOB is your explanation of benefits. So if your EOB says that your insurance carrier is going to pay this much money, X amount, but then you get a bill from the provider and it's more than that X amount, you're going to want to reach out to your insurance carrier and say, hey, there's a discrepancy here. And this brings us to the fourth step. This is engage. And who you engage with is based upon whatever you found and didn't find when you were reviewing your medical bills. So if you reviewed all the bills and they're correct and the prices seem fair and reasonable, well, then you're just going to pay the bill. But I tell everybody, never, never, never put it on a credit card. And I don't, mm. I'm sure you talk about credit cards, Tiff. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, you never put it on a credit card because why should you incur the interest? And that's going to impact your credit score. Instead, you want to ask them what type of interest-free payment plan they have. And every single institution has an interest-free payment plan, but they don't want to tell you about it unless you ask. Mm, and that's good information because I know... I have a few clients actually that are dealing with like care credit, for instance, um, and 
just from their stories and, you know, what I'm helping them with, it has been a headache. And I'm sure their first thought was not, let me just ask the provider. The provider was just like, here, here's some credit for you. (laughs) Sign on the dotted line. So I'm so glad that you mentioned that um, because medical bills can get very expensive. And I'm so glad that we're going over these things um, to help people get these bills down, even if it's legit. Um, expenses, at least it could be the lowest possible. Right, exactly. And listen, I don't encourage lying, but a little white lie that I have told is that, you know, I had to go to the emergency room for something. And of course, you're not, the doctor doesn't even see you yet. And already admissions comes in and um, they're asking for your credit card information. I tell them I don't use credit cards. I don't, well, we have care credit. Well, I don't use credit cards. I don't, I'm sorry. And then if they push it, I'm like, have you ever heard of Dave Ramsey? Which I don't use Dave Ramsey, but I don't use credit cards. Again, not really true, but there's no way in heck I'm giving you my credit card because think about it. I mean, I you're probably faster with numbers, but if your procedure is $1,000, you tack on the percentage, the interest on that from your credit card, that's now gonna cost you more than you know, the interest-free payment plan that they're going to give you. And then once I get home and I'm all settled, you know, you may not ask them while you're there for the interest-free payment plan, but just tell them, I don't use credit cards. You're going to have to take other information or whatever. And then when you get your bill, that's when you're going to reach out to them and say, look, I'll pay this if everything's correct, (laughs) make sure everything's correct, and then um, get it on an interest-free payment plan. So the other part, um, You know, somebody once actually asked me, well, what's your whole goal with all this stuff you're trying to teach people? And I'm like, my whole goal is that eventually I'll be out of a job, that hospitals are pricing fairly, they are transparent, and people are on top of their medical bills and they understand what to look for. And you get to that point by like the hospital system that I use here, I'm based in Nashville, and the hospital system I use here, we've reviewed them several times for different clients for medical uh, billing errors. I've never found a billing error. Oh, nice. And I've also, and I'm here now 10 years, I've never found a billing error and they price very fairly. So now I have financial peace of mind every time I go to my provider because I know they're going to price me fairly. They're not going to bill me for something I didn't receive. Now, I still review my bills, but that's all part of having that peace of mind. Um, One last thing I want to leave with your... um, audience though is with the engage part. So now what do you do if you do find medical billing errors or anything like that? Um, Now I know you had mentioned that you have gone over negotiating on a prior episode, but the one thing I tell people is that this is where the power of your voice comes in. Like you have more, people don't realize we have more power than we realize. And this system was designed to serve us, not bankrupt us. And If you found billing errors and or fraud, you use the power of your voice by either on phone, email, or writing. Personally, I tell people, please do it in writing because get this tip. If you put it in writing very succinctly, meaning very uh, concise and clearly, the billing errors that you found, for example, I was reviewing my bills on this date, you billed me for this, but I only received this, period, da-da-da-da-da. If you put it in writing, Now you have a paper trail. Make sure you keep a copy for yourself and send it, return, receipt, request it because now you have another paper trail. And by law, they have to respond to any written request within 30 days. Now, my time is more valuable 
to just write a quick little 10 minute letter and send it in the mail, return receipt requested, then holding on, then being on hold for hours and hours and hours with billing departments. And then you have no paper trail. Wow. wow. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. <laughs> I'm just over here like, oh my gosh, I've probably been like, I've probably lost so much money over the years. Um, <laughs> just not going through this framework or knowing any of this information. So I am so glad, Angel, that we were finally able to record and you gave us all of these gems. Now, if people were interested in learning more about this framework or about you, or if they wanted to hire you for services, how could they find you? Well, so if they want to know more, they can go to my website, which is Overbrook Consultants. Dot com. And um, I am available for speaking engagements. I can come to your venue. We can teach this. I have a 60-minute presentation where we go into detail about this. And that is a really cool presentation because I actually run you through The Wizard of Oz, which, Tiff, we got to have another call mm. because The Wizard of Oz was actually a political allegory. And it was written about how an ordinary person stood up to an establishment. We are the ordinary people who are going to stand up to the healthcare system. So anyway, at the moment, I'm not currently offering services to do it. It's more about sharing the education and the information because my thought is, yes, I can review your bills for you. And if somebody really wanted us to, I guess they could reach out to me. My email and contact information is on the website, but it's more important for me to empower everybody because I'm not in the room with you when it happened. And Hamilton always comes to mind when I say that. You know, you're the one that's in the room when it happened. So you are your best advocate. You are your best negotiator. You are the best person to protect your health and your wealth. And along the lines of Dorothy and all that, you know, she had the power all along. And so do we. We've always had the ability and the capability because I believe that we are the solution to our broken healthcare system. So golly, like, yes, I could do it for you, but mm -hmm. you're more powerful than you realize. And these are simple things that people can do. The Dove system, very, very simple. Financial peace of mind, ownership, autonomy, all that kind of stuff. We need to step into that and we shouldn't wait for other people to help us. Like I always say, help's not coming from the top down. There's no hospital CEO that's gonna say, oh, let me fix this for people. Let me save people money. Oh, heck no, that ain't happening. We're the ones who have to stand up and protect ourselves. For sure, for sure. And I'm all about that as well. Like it's better to teach people how to fish than to fish yes. for them. So that way, if you're not around, they can still do it. So you all now have all the tools that you need to take your medical bills um, and make sure that you're paying your fair share and no more. <laughs> Um, and if you didn't catch all of the links that Angel said, I'll make sure I have all of that in the show notes, as well as the previous episodes. If you have questions about CPT codes or other negotiation tactics, definitely check that out. Thank you again, Angel, for coming on. This was a wonderful episode, and I can't wait to use some of these tips myself. You are very welcome. And thank you for having me. And in honor of you and your audience, I'd also like to say that if anybody is interested, like y'all have the Duff framework now. So now you know what to do. Document, organize, verify, engage. But if anybody would like to purchase the actual system, which is uh, the medical appointment journal, like I mentioned, and then also a binder that contains sections for your insurance information, for your provider, your medications, and it even comes with templates already written for you 
if you need to reach out to somebody to negotiate your medical bills, um, if you use the code MTWT, I will happily give you 20% off. So just put that in the little code box and you'll get 20% off of that in honor of Miss Tiffany. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. We love discounts here on the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. So make sure you all are using that. And, you know, as we're having this conversation, and as you just said that, I'm thinking about elderly parents, grandparents, things of that nature. This is a way to keep all of their information or organize and help them keep it organized. So that way, you know, if you do end up in a caretaker position, you have everything you need. So thank you so much, Angel. And just to reiterate, code MTWT, which stands for Money Talk with Tiff, on the website and you get 20% off. So thank you so much. What a wonderful surprise. Of course. (laughs) Thank you, Tiffany. This was so much fun. And we can go on and on and on with more stuff. So we'll have to do this again. For sure. For sure. All right. You have a good day. Bye. Thank you for listening, joining, and being a part of the Money Talk with Tiff podcast this week. You can check Tiff out every Thursday for a new Money Talk podcast. But if you just can't wait until next week, you can listen to previous podcast episodes at moneytalkwitht.com or follow Tiff on all social media platforms at Money Talk with T. Until next time, spend wise by spending less than you make. A word to the money wise is always sufficient.